So last week I talked about margin. And, and it's funny that when you talk about something and address something, usually you get tested on that, right? Maybe with me? So I talked about margin on Sunday, and I talked about how when we create margin in our life financially, with time, uh, with relationships, uh, life is just so much easier. So Monday morning, guess what happens? I had no margin. So I wake up late, okay, getting the kids all ready, trying to get them ready for school. And we leave, like last week I told you, yeah, so, so good when you have margin. You wake up early and uh, you, you don't have to rush because you're, you know, you're, you're driving to, to school or to work and you're not in a rush because you know you have time. Um, and as, as I'm driving to school late, I'm, I'm thinking, why are these people going so slow in front of me? I got to get my kids to school on time. I had no margin. Um, that day was, it was the first of December and, um, throughout November, just with a busy month and with, with having, having a kid, I forgot to pay a really important bill uh, that I didn't realize and caught it at the end of the month. Um, and I talked about how when, when, you, when you budget, um, if, if you don't tell your money where to go, it just leaves. Um, well, not paying this bill, all of a sudden I realized, like, hey, we didn't pay this bill. This is a big bill we got to pay. Um, the money, we used all the money and went. And so we thought, like, we were doing good with, with our finance. Like, man, this is a really good month for us. And we realized that I, I over, overlooked a really important bill. So Monday, I have no margin financially. I get to the bank. Okay, so I'm, I'm rushing to school. And I'm not the guy that's happy driving. I'm the guy that's like, come on, people, don't you know how to get to school? My kids got to be there in time. And then I have, you know, go to the bank. I get to the bank, and um, their policy, one of the banks on that, they, they couldn't uh, give me all the money I needed for a check that I was cashing. And so, because I have no margin, because I had what, because we we're behind behind on our, our pay and stuff, I had to wait a whole nother day. And so I'm calling, saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, I just totally spaced it." People are okay. They're like, "We understand. It's okay." Um, and so we talked through it. But at the bank, so I'm I'm not being mean uh, to, to the, the the banker that's helping me, um, but. I wasn't happy. I'm like, come on, I'm a customer. I, don't you know I'm important? Like, you should, you, you should meet all my needs today, right now. And because you're not, I'm not going to be very happy. And so I wasn't a jerk. I wasn't mean. Um, but, but I wasn't also nice, which is it's not even her fault. You know, it's her company's policy. She can't change it, like, for, you know, everybody, especially for me. So even though I want her to. And, uh, and I understood. Well, I left that place because I didn't have margin. Um, my whole day was just frazzled and frantic. It was not good. I did not have a good Monday. Um, so when I left the bank, I kind of felt bad because I thought, man, what if, that, what if that girl came to our church? I wasn't mean to her, but I missed an opportunity to say in the middle of this, hey, you know what? You're doing a good job. Like, I understand. It's your company. You don't hate me. I'm not going to take this personal. Um, I could have been a nice person because, oh, oh, when I got to the bank, um, it was around uh, lunchtime because, remember, I had no margin in my life that Monday. So... I'm in line for like 30 minutes because everybody went inside at the same time, about 12.30, I guess lunch or something, I would have thought, right? And so I'm staying in line forever and I'm already, you know, have other things to do, no margin. And so, um, so Monday just wasn't very good, All the, it just wasn't coming together. So guess what I did on Tuesday? I woke up early and I got my kids out early and I got them to school on time and I scheduled my day really well so that I wasn't frustrated. So much better. Monday I was a happy person. I mean, Monday, I was not a very happy person, but Tuesday, I was a very happy person. And we talked about the importance of margin in our lives. One of the reasons we're kind of um, talking about this is because we go into the, into the Christmas season. We have this temptation to spend and to use all of our, all of our resources. As we go into the next year, uh, we, we have a chance to start again for the year and say, hey, we, we can do better at this and this. Um, and I talked about this. I said, as a church, we don't want to be an average church. And so far, we've, we're breaking that. Man, God is, is using the Grove really to, to do something really cool in, 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 in our city and individuals' lives. Last week, in la, um, I, from the message, I saw people 
In fact, anybody do give Tuesday? Anybody give on Tuesday? Somebody practice it? I saw somebody when our, yeah, I see plans. Awesome. Did anybody create margin in your life this last week? Yeah, I see a couple hands. Awesome. I told a, a man after church stopped me and said, hey, tomorrow I'm supposed to be in at 6 because I have this big presentation. And you know what? I'm going to go in at 5 just so I can have a relaxed day and make it good. I'm like, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what it's about. So we said we don't want to be an average church. Average people, they don't, they don't plan very good. Um, in fact, I, I heard that most people don't know what they're going to be doing this next weekend. They just It's kind of as it comes. Um, in our, in our, sometimes in our finances, there's very few people that have a budget and stick to their budget. Um, when we don't have a plan, we don't have margin, and we get into situations that cause frustration and they cause challenges. Uh, I said this last week. I said that um, the average American, for every dollar they make, they spend $1.30. Okay? So I don't know about you. If you want to be average, you can do that. I do not want to be an average American. That means that every year, for every 10000 you make, you're going to be putting 3000 into credit cards every year. So that can add up really quickly throughout a year. That's the average. So some people might even be doing more than that, which means we're spending way beyond our means. And we're not living in our means, but we're, we're using other people's money, uh, which is not, in the long term, it's not very healthy. And so we said, what would it look like in, in, in going to Christmas if we plan, made a plan for a budget for how much we're going to spend? What would it look like going into the next year, uh, a plan for how much time we're going to serve the community, how much, how much money we're going to um, plan for to use each, each month? And so we talked about margin, and I challenged you guys not to be average. In fact, break that mold. Don't spend $1.30 for every dollar you make. That's, that's, that's what average people do. That's what people um, that just have bought into the, the system, they say, this is how it works, this is what we do, this is what keeps our economy going. Well, no, there'll be a day that you'll have to pay all that back, and it's very hard and frustrating, and it'll cause a lot of stress in, in your relationships, in your, in your, in your marriage, uh, with your kids, all kinds of stuff. If you're a young person, all right, maybe you, um, you, you haven't got caught on this trend yet, don't. Man, learn early and, and don't begin to spend more than you make. And we talked about it with a, a budget. Make sure you budget. And so we really challenged to say, how can we not be average? And, and really the, the heart of, of through us is, is found in, um, in this scripture. If you go to that next one for me. In Genesis 1, 12, 2, uh, God is talking to Abraham, this man Abraham. He's saying, hey, I, w- I want somebody to be a representative for me. Would you follow my lead? Would you, would you, would you allow me to, to lead your life? And Abraham, father of, of, of our faith, he says, he says, yes, I'm going. And he steps out into the unknown. And this is what, what God tells Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Next verse says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, will, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. And so the series through you is kind of this idea that God's looking for people still to use and, and bless through so he doesn't put resources and gifts into our hands just so it could be consumed by us. That's called greed. When we think everything that's given to us is, is for our consumption and we take it and we hold on to it. Rather, everything that he gives to us, is, is he wants us to enjoy it, the scripture says, but he wants us also to be able to, be, to bless others through us. And so the whole idea of the people of Israel and, and Abraham using these, this people uh, group to, to represent God was so they would be a blessing to those around them. He said, I'm going to bless you and make you great, Abraham, but don't forget, it's not just so you can be wealthy and rich and have all your needs met, but it's so you can bless other people. You can be a blessing to them. And so that was one of the original calls. In Isaiah, um, the prophet, he said, he told Israel, you guys are supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. So to other nations, you're supposed to be a light that shines and shows the goodness of God to all the other nations. Well, Jesus, in Matthew, if you know the next one for me, 
He says, you are the light. This is Jesus talking in his first message, probably the greatest message ever, called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's teaching the people of Israel and other people that are listening from other nations. And he's talking to the people of Israel. He says, you are a light, okay? He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So they would understand what he's saying. They're saying, okay, he's, he's kind of referring to what Isaiah said about us being a light to the Gentiles. And he's saying, why would you take a light that's supposed to shine bright for the house and for others and put it under a bowl and hide it? He goes on to say, instead, they put it on, their, on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's in Matthew 5. So he's saying, so, so let your light shine. It's, it's a kind of the same call that God gave Abraham is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really going to prosper you. But don't make the mistake of thinking this is all just for you. Man, keep your hands open and let things pass through you. And in fact, the more faithful we are letting things pass through us, the more God gives us. Because he says, I can trust you. And the more he can trust us, the more he can give us because he understands. These guys understand. I believe one of the reasons God blessed America so much is because we had this mentality for a long time. But as we spend more than we make, we start doing this because we have no margin. And it's not even in some ways um, our fault because we have to do this because, well, we really can't give away. We can't help others. We can't help orphans. We can't get people clean water because we need it because we're, we're, we have, we're, we're pressed for finances. And, and when we don't have margin in our life, we begin to create this. See, see, the scriptures talks a lot about finances and about money. And here's the reason why. Because money can be the very competition for God in our lives. Money is the very thing that, that shows our heart. Out of anything that we do, you know, we could, we could be nice to people, we can serve people, but money is the best indicator for where our heart is. Jesus said where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So you look at your finances and you, you begin to say, man, I know where my heart is because this is how I use finances. It's not just about finance. It's about us using our time, our resources, our, our talents to help others. And God is saying, I'm looking for somebody to bless through. I want, I want to use your life to be a blessing to others. As Jesus says, don't, don't, be a, don't be a light that gets covered and hides, but rather be a light that shines. As a church, we're called to be a city on a hill. The grove is called to be bright and to shine. So he, he, Matthew 5, the next one for me. My monitor's not working, sorry. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Paul's telling Timothy in 1 Timothy uh, 6, he's saying, hey, tell those, man, don't, don't miss out. Like, like, tell those that are rich in this present world. And we talked about this last week. I know we don't feel it, because when you don't have margin, you don't feel rich, because you're thinking, man, I've got to pay a lot of bills, and I don't have enough money to, to go for, through the month. But in the world standards, man, we're very wealthy as Americans. We have a lot of um, things that we can be thankful for. If, if we don't have margin, we'll never believe we're rich. The other thing with, with, with finances and riches is that uh, it makes us, um, uh, we, 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 we can deny the fact that we are. Like we don't really even see that we are because we start look, comparing to others what others have. In, within America, we don't even see that God has blessed us so much. So Paul is saying, hey, tell those who are rich in this present world, which is the idea that, hey, there's, a, there's another, this is not the only thing that's taking place. This is just a short period of, of history. This is a short period of time, the present world, which means there's, there's another world that's after that. He says the kingdom of God. Don't, don't put your hope in that so uncertain. Next, next verse for me. But put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. 
So he wants us to enjoy these things, but let's put our hope in God who gives us, not in what we have and what we've, what we've grabbed. So, next one. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So God is saying, I want people to represent me. Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can bless others. Let it pass through you. People of Israel, you're going to be a light to the Gentiles. Shine bright. And then Paul's telling Timothy, hey, tell them to be rich. Tell, tell, tell them those who are rich to be generous to, in good deeds. See, God says when we do good deeds, people see it. It's not just about finances. We're also talking about our time, how we, how we budget our time, how we set a time aside to say, I'm going to serve those who are in need. How can I bless others? How can I be generous with my time and my good deeds? Because when we're generous, others begin to see the God that lives in us, and they begin to, to see that there's, there is a God who loves them and cares for them. And he wants us to be generous because he's generous. Scripture says that God is so generous that he gave his most prized possession. He gave it for us. As a gift. He was his son who gave his life. In fact, John says God so loved the world so much that he gave his son that whoever believes would not die but have life. That's why God came. God, God sent his son Jesus. We're going to celebrate this month the birth of Jesus because God gives. He's a generous God. So he says, would you represent me and be a generous God? Uh, next slide for me. So we can give our time. We can give our talents. And we can give of our treasure. Time. Our talent, our treasure. Tonight, we, we talk about it at, at, at um, Growth Track. We'll go more into details about how to be able to use these things. Um, if you want to join us, the next slide. So we said a budget is telling your money where to go, but a budget is no good if you don't work it, if you don't use it. See, the reason I want to do a second week is because, I don't know about you, when I hear a message or I read a book, it's, it's really nice to learn something and be like, that is really good, that, that is so helpful. But then if we don't do something with it right away, we lose it. And we don't, we don't ever put it into practice and action. We miss out on really the benefit of it. And so this week, last week was about creating margin. This week is saying, how can we put action behind the plan? All right, so make a plan for margin. All right, so we're doing that. Now, how can we put action behind that plan? What, we, what can we begin to do to do that? See, one of the reasons people um, don't act is, is because they, they, especially when it comes to, to giving nonprofits to, to serving, we, we, tend, we have this tendency to think somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else is going to meet that need. I heard a story that took place in New York City about uh, the, the 1940s. A man attacks a woman. He stabs her two times. Okay, 37 people witness this, and nobody does anything. I'll say it again. A man attacks a woman, stabs her two times in the public, in the street. 37 people either hear it or see it, and not a single person does anything. Eventually, somebody out a window screams at the guy and says, Hey, leave her alone. This is the first thing of action. The guy runs away, gets changed in different clothes, comes back 10 minutes later, finds the girl, and continues the beating. Eventually, somebody calls the cops. They show up hours later. By the time they get to the girl on the way to the hospital, she dies. Okay? So the man assaults her, attacks her, and eventually she dies because of it. 37 people witness this, and nobody does anything. They call this the bystander effect. All right? The idea is when a lot of people witness something and see something, they have the same thought. You know, this is not really good. I'm not, I'm not saying this is, you know, we're all thinking this is not a good situation. But the, the single mom that's running home saying I have to cook for my kids. I really can't stop to help this situation. But there's all these other people. I'm sure somebody else is going to take care of this. And the bystander effect is everybody begins to think the same thing that somebody else is going to do something about this. And the need's so great, everybody sees it, I'm sure somebody else will take care of it. But when everybody thinks that together, 
Nobody does anything. And the choice of inaction is still a choice that we make. So we can act on things and say, you know what, I want, I want my life to matter in this world. Or we can sit by and say, all right, I'll let it pass by, and one day I'll act, one day I'll do something about it. And God is saying, no, you need to do something about it. Man attacks a woman, 37 people witness it, nobody does anything. How many things do we go through on a daily basis where we notice something that's not right, but we think, you know, I really can't stop for this because somebody else will take care of that. That might be God's invitation to say, hey, would you stop and would you take care of this? See, the principle of margin, we see it in the life of Jesus. Jesus is awesome. He's, he's brilliant. He models for us and he gives us an example of what he's asking us to do. So Jesus, he worked and he served. And he did ministry. He, he healed people. He taught. And then it would say the next scripture, and then he got away in a quiet place to, to pray and to be alone. See, margin is not just financial. It's also with our time. It's with our families. He created margin and space where he can have a break and he can rest. In scriptures, God says, hey, don't, don't be like everybody else. Don't be average. Don't be normal. Work six days and then put one day aside just to rest and relax. Six days on, one day off. And he, he, he commanded us to put margin in our life, to create margin. He's saying, put it into action. In fact, he was so serious about this, he would say, if you see somebody that's not doing this, man, you have to take them outside the camp and kill them. That's kind of harsh for our, our culture, right? But back in the day, it was, they were very serious about saying, hey, we're trying to create something that's going to be different and unique. And the punishment for breaking that command was pretty serious and severe. I think because God understood as people, we're so driven that we'll go and go and go and go until we get sick. We'll go and go and go until we ruin relationships. We'll go and go and go until we're out of passion for what we do. And nobody benefits when we work and work and work and work and then burn out and give up. And God knows that. So he says, don't do that. Don't be average. Don't do what everybody else does. Have a break. Take a day off just to, to rest and celebrate and, and, and to recover. Jesus modeled for us these principles of, of taking um, a, a break and resting it. He had a rhythm in his life where he had margin. Working, 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 getting alone to pray and talk to his dad. Working and, and teaching, getting alone and being with him. Sundays as we meet at the Grove, it's one of the reasons we, we gather on Sundays. is So we can have a day where we come together and say, you know, we're going to celebrate. We sing these songs. Maybe you're new to church and you really don't know what we're doing. Really, when we're singing these songs, we're celebrating what God has done in our lives. We sing this song, Back to Life. We, we, we sing this song about God's great dance for that there's this, when, when, when a, a person gives their life to God, there's a celebration in heaven of somebody returning back to God's ways. These songs are celebration to remind us, man, God has done something for us. Let's not forget. Let's not miss out what he's wanting to do in our lives. And we turn our attention to him. We create margin. Sundays are for creating margin. It's for us to say, you know what, we need to breathe. Man, we just need to receive something so we can pour out. So I, I believe God was pour, Jesus was pouring out his ministry so much that the reason he had to get away is so he can fill up a little bit. When we create margin, it allows us to fill up so that we go Monday to work. Man, we're not, we're not rushing to the, to the school because cause we're late. And we're not being mean to the, to the teller at the bank because they can't do all my needs that I need. It's, it's learning to say, you know what, create margin, man. Make a plan. Stick to the plan. Think about things. Work through those things. Create margin. See, we all have the choice to be average or we have the choice to say, I'm not, I'm not going to meet the status quo. I'm, I'm going to break that. See, the average American gives, on a yearly basis, 6% of their income away. They found that an average American, that, that's, that's pretty decent. That's not, that's not a horrible number. But here's what they found. At the end of the year, um, typically it's, it's not given out of a purpose 
But, by, but by, out of mistake, like the leftovers, like, yeah, I guess I can write a check for that, and they give it away to charity. What would it look like if we were not the average American said, God, I'm going to plan to be the kind of people you've asked me to be where we are generous, where we can, we can bless others, that we can create margin in our lives, that we can serve others and help others. And I said last week, this, 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 this message on, on God working through us this, about, about finances is not for you to give money to the grove. That's not our heart at all. In fact, we want something for you. We don't want something from you. If you came to this to the grove for the rest of your life and you never gave a dollar, then you're still welcome to come. That's not what it's about. Really, the principle of giving is a heart issue. And we believe that if we're going to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, we have to represent him in, in gen, being generous, in our generosity, with our time, with, our, with the talents and the skills that he's given us to help others, and with our resources. We, we represent him and we give. And so when we do it God's way, essentially we're saying, God, I trust you enough to give. I trust you enough to give. Last week, uh, create margins. Go to the next one for me. Uh, we said as a church, we're setting the tone. Out of everything that comes in, we give away 10 of it, 10% of it away. And we, we believe that, that that principle of margin is, is, is scriptural. As a church, if we're going to be healthy, we need to learn to be generous and be able to give away from us. So we give away 10%, and we budget the rest and say everything has to fall within this budget. Next slide. 10%, this is where our 10% goes. We talked about that last week. What I didn't, I told you a lot of cool stats last week about who we've given to and what we've done, um, but I forgot a couple. And so I want to share some more. You thought, man, that's a lot. Like, Okay, so 11, you know, three months into a church plant, and we've already blessed so many people. Next one. I mentioned how we gave to this ministry, City of Refuge Ministry. Um, uh, we gave them some, some, some help. They, they rescue kids from slavery in Africa, and so we're helping them, finance them. I saw this post from them yesterday. This little girl named Sarah. Um, you know, my family, we, we, use, we, we go through an organization called Compassion International. We sponsor a kid in, in Ethiopia. It costs us $38 a month to give this kid clothes, food, and education. Why? Because we believe that if we can help one kid break the cycle of poverty, it's going to affect his family and affect those around him. Um, we have families in our church who sponsor kids. I go to their houses and I see the pictures on their fridge. It's awesome. It's about us saying, you know, it's not just about the Grove, but it's about what we can do in our world and our community. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's opportunities out there where we can sponsor you know, maybe you're a young person and you think, oh, I can't really do it. That's a lot. $30 a month, that's a lot. There's an organization called Convoy of Hope. They feed a kid in Haiti, okay, for a whole month, and they give him education or her, he or she an education, and it only costs $10 a month. That's like what, two Starbucks drinks, right? Man, I don't know about, I, I think, man, it, it wouldn't be that hard to figure out how to get $10 to be able to help a kid in Haiti. Uh, for us, the Compassion International has a lot of interaction with the child, uh, Haiti, the, the ones in Haiti, they just, they're just serving kids and helping them. So there's, there's less cost because there's not low overhead. Anyways, so Convo of Hope. Uh, next slide. So there's ways to sponsor people. I talked about our, our network that we're part of, uh, kind of for accountability within our, in our state. Uh, the Assembly of God, the New Mexico Ministry Network. I, I told you we gave money to a church plant. Okay? Our first offering that we took, we gave away from us just to be generous. Say, as a church, we want to be, be a blessing to people around us. We gave $2,000 for a church plant that's going to be happening next year to help them kind of get started, get going. When I handed the check to our leader, he cried. He cried, which is you guys made, made one of the leaders of, of our network cry because he was so overwhelmed by, what, by, by, by our generosity and us saying, man, we want to help another church. So many churches invested into the Grove and helped us get started. We want to help other churches. And it's going to be an ongoing process. Um, so we were able to do that, and it was awesome. Next slide. 
every every year, I, I try to be a part of an organization that says we want to raise money. I don't want to just say that, that we, we, we want to be generous. We, we live it out. We act it out. Uh, the last few years, we've been a part of a team that's called Bike for the Light. Um, and last year, we, we, rose, uh, uh, we had 15 guys ride across the state of New Mexico, 500 miles in five days, raising money for, for missionaries. Here's what we do. Missionaries, that they, they raise their support to go to another country. Well, part of what they don't have a lot of times is vehicles and the equipment that they need. So Bike for the Light, we say we will ride our bikes so they don't have to ride their bikes. And we buy missionaries' vehicles, like outright. We'll just buy a minivan. We'll buy a truck um, through, through an organization called Speed of Light. We buy, for Common of Hope, we buy these big trucks for them um, that, that do disaster relief. They go into, like, the, the areas that get blown apart by, by tornadoes and hurricanes. They go in and help, help serve people. We buy the trucks that serve those, those ministries. And so the last few years we've been a part of this. As you can see Robert Bradford up at the right, Jared Cedillo. We had three from the Grove that, that, that rode this year that represented. Uh, this was before we even started, but um, out of the 34000 our church gets credit for $8,400. That's pretty cool. For a brand new church, being able to give to these organizations and helping them, that's awesome. It's huge. Why? Because somebody says, you know what? I hear the cries out there, and I, I want to help somebody. I want to do something. I want to give my life. So the first year we rode, we raised 10000 Second year we rode, we raised a little over 20000 And this last year we raised 34000 So next year we're hoping 40000 or sixty, whatever it's going to be, we want to see just people continue to do that. There's a lot of ways that we can use our time and our, and our talents and our resources to be able to bless others, to be able to help others. Um, go to the next one for me. We have an awesome family that's part of our team, the Joneses. Uh, you probably met them. They, they welcome you as you come in. Uh, it's been awesome to see the Joneses the last few years. They go to Mexico almost, you know, once, at least once a year, but sometimes two or three times. They go on, they take teams with them to, to Mexico to go serve churches that are in poor communities. Well, our first offering that we took, $1,500 of, 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 the, of the offering went to a church in Gomez Farias um, that helped, helping them with the building project. So they had this building going on and they need help and resources. So we said, hey, we're going to help them. This, um, this, this month, the 26th, the Joneses and, and another five from another church are going down to this church to go in, and do ministry and just do a mission trip. They're giving their time, their, their resources, their talents to help another church. The money that, that we're helping them to, to raise, it's a lot of churches are getting together to say, hey, can we, can we help this church be successful? Let's, let's finance this, this building project for them. Let's help them out. And so they, they're more than uh, 60% of the budget has been raised. And so this next spring, we're going to take a team of, of men to go down, or women, take a team of, of construction guys, people, to go down and work on this church. So what we get to resource, what we get to, to give, we also get to go see and be a part of what God is doing. As, as God has allowed us to do things in my life, to go to other countries and to serve uh, as a missionary, it's amazing the, the impact that, that it has on us when we serve people that will never be able to pay us back and never be able to help us. We, we give of ourselves and we give of our, we, you're, you're, you're blessed. You get so blessed coming back from those things. So you think, does it really matter? Does it really help? Yes, it does. Man, what we do matters. There's a mission trip we went to Panama. We helped this church get started. Within three years, we had about 150 people. A lot of people got came to Christ that, that first mission trip. Within two years, they were up to almost 2,000 people that they were reaching and feeding and doing these cool projects for. Why? Because a group of teenagers from Mexico went over there and said, hey, can we give our time and our, and our resources and our talents? So as, as, as we say, let's be generous Man, we're, we're not just saying it. We're doing it as a church. We don't want to be a status quo church. We want to be a church that says, yes, there's a need. 
we say yes. So next week when we take our offering, it's a normal offering. Um, when, when we get into that, that's going to go into the community. So we can say this next year, as needs come up, we'll be able to say yes. We want to be able to help you out. Man, Christmas is coming. We want to help. And I desire for us to be able to say yes to people to, you know, as, as, as everything unfolds in Ferguson, you know, the police, they get a bad rap. How can we partner with our law enforcement to say, hey, we're, we want to support you. We want to help you. How can we partner with our school systems and bless the leadership of our principals and our teachers? Well, as we all are, are, are generous in, in, in looking for opportunities, God will provide. He'll, he'll show us what to do. And so as a church, we're saying, man, let's God, let God use, go through us. Let's keep our hands open like this. Let's not get our hands like this and begin to think, this is all for us. This is all for us. See, when we started this church, we had organizations and churches all around the country who poured in and said, we want to help you start a life-giving church at Santa Fe. Here. There, there's an individual from eastern New Mexico. Um, he, I went and spoke at a church, and he was in there, um, and, and he heard our story, and he says, I think I'm supposed to help you. How can I help you? I'm like, yeah, we can, we can use this and this. He says, well, I, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I have a studio and I have some equipment. Do you think you want to come get it? And I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll take whatever you have, man. We want to start healthy and do this. And so the day we're going, he, he, the day before he calls, he says, hey, how are you going to take this equipment back? And I said, well, I'm going to get a friend. We're going to take a truck and pick it up. He says, well, you're going to need a trailer. I says, yeah, eventually we'll need a trailer. You know, to haul our equipment in and out of the theater. He says, well, um, let, me t- let me make a phone call. I'll see. So he calls somebody. And he says, all right, it's been taken care of. And I'm like, what's been taken care of? What does that mean? We get there. He bought us the trailer that we use. He bought it for us. And he filled it with equipment, the speakers that you can't see that are behind the screen, to give it to us. Good quality equipment. And then after that, he says, you know what? I think I'm supposed to do more. And he poured and invested into, into, into our church financially. It was amazing. I can tell you this, that in that process of building up, saying, hey, man, we're going to plant a church. Is this, is really this going to succeed? Are we going to successful? God would all of a sudden send somebody that says, you know what, I'm behind you. And he, and he began to resource through that person, through a lot of different churches. And one of the reasons we can is because other people have been generous with us. And all the while, God is saying, hey, don't forget, I'm blessing you, not so you can keep it for yourself, but so it can pass through you. And do you have time? Do you have an extra hour you can, you can um, serve somebody in the week? And I, I want to I bless through you. So we'll be praying for the Joneses as they go um, the end of this month on a missions trip. And we're so grateful that our heart is to serve and help others. If you've never been on a missions trip, I would encourage you, man, go, man, go to Mexico. Go serve a church. Go, go help people with, with some time and your resources. Next one. Margin. It's about creating margin. Next slide. I'm going to play one more video for you guys, and we're going to kind of wrap this up today. So I regularly try to take my, my little five-year-old daughter uh, out on daddy-daughter dates, and we go do all kinds of stuff. There was this one particular Saturday where she said, uh, Dad, I think today for our date, I would like to go collect bug shells. She shows me this little cicada bug shell that's sure enough sitting on the side of the tree, and she says to me, Dad, my friend Adele and I would like to start a business collecting bug shells. I smiled and I said, okay, what are you going to do with the money that you make? And she said, well, we're going to buy people water with the money. There are kids in Africa who don't have clean drinking water and we want to help get them water. I felt about that small, thinking she was just buying water for our neighbors. And so she goes and she tells my wife the same idea. 
my wife finally adjusts her, her business model and says, well, maybe instead of bug shells, you'd be able to ask people for pop cans and, and money. And so they start going door to door. They, she and her friend, they, they divide up the sales pitch. One of them says, we're collecting money and pop cans. And the other one says, for kids in Africa to have clean drinking water. And so they go, they go house to house. They interact with all of these different neighbors. And eventually they raise $67.60. And I walk into our kitchen and they're, they're sitting there lining up all the nickels and quarters and all the different pop cans and uh, they say let's send it to World Vision's water team and we'll write them a letter and so they write this letter to World Vision's water team and they they put the $67.60 into an envelope and send it off We got a letter back from World Vision, and you know it's this it's this organization that receives donations from all over the place. And uh, in the letter, you could just tell how inspired they were by just this five and seven year old girl, you know, just doing doing the kid thing, living it day in and day out. And this particular day, this is just what they decided to do: uh, was let's go let's go help somebody have some clean drinking water. The day after they did all of this, my daughter walked up to me and she said, Dad, do you think I helped save somebody's life yesterday? And it was so cool to be able to say to her, yeah, I think you probably did. not shared in this video is why this girl is so generous. I don't know if you caught it, but he says, I went on a daughter, a, a daddy-daughter date with my daughter like I usually do. You know why that daughter, that her, she's so generous? Because her dad is generous with his time, with his energy, with his resources. You want to know why God calls us to be generous as Christians? Is because our Father, our God is generous and he loves us, he cares for us. See, sometimes we think generosity is all about finances. It's not. Today it's really about action. I'm saying, how can we use our time and our energy and our resources to bless others. He says, be rich in good deeds. That means that we, we, we use our, what we have to be able to bless people. See, the book of James, James talks about how um, you might have faith, but without any deeds, it's dead. Without any action behind your faith, it's no good. In fact, James says, I'll show you my faith by the things I do and the way I live. See, God is looking for people. Abraham, I want to bless you so that you can bless others. I want to resource you so you can resource others. See, God has given us knowledge and wisdom, not just so we can have it and keep it and say, man, I learned something new last week. Margin, that was a great principle. Rather to say, all right, Margin, how can I now put this into action? How can I create it? What do I need to do in my life to be able to honor God with margin, with a plan of action? How can we implement this? See, there's many ways we can be generous. You don't have to, um, it doesn't have to just be financially. Man, being generous means you, you, you smile more. 
You know, if you ever walk through a store, don't, don't look at your phone walking through the store and don't look at the ground. Look at faces. You begin to notice there's a lot of people who show hurt in their face, that show uh, maybe disgust, maybe anger. And you, 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 you rarely meet, I, I find, people that are smiling that are happy. What would it look like if, as generous people, we'd say, you know what, I'm going to bring some joy in this place. And I'm going to be present. I'm going to look for opportunities to smile. I'm going to look for opportunities to share, to, love, to give, to love people. A hug, a compliment, a gift, a kind word. Taking time to serve and saying, hey, can I help you with that? I, I notice your weeds, you know, maybe a widow, an elderly person said, I notice your weeds have grown up. Can I, can I come and clean your, your garden bed for you? Especially that gift and passion, that just helps you come alive. One of the things that we have uh, that, we, that we did even before we started the church, we call them AOK cards, Act of Kindness cards. It just says, hello, I gave because he gave. Have a fantastic day. We have people that take these cards and they'll buy the per- person the coffee behind them at Starbucks and say, hey, uh, can I pay for that person's st- Starbucks? Would you just give them this card and let them know that we thought about them? Just a card that says, hey, we want to be generous. We have people that bought meals for people, groceries, giving gift cards. They take this as a waste. There's tools that we can use to bless people and help people say, how can I be intentional with what I do? Maybe just be kind for somebody. Leave a card saying, hey, I, I, just, I gave because, man, time because he gave, and I want to be like him. I want to, I want to, I want to re- represent him and, and, and reflect him. What can we do? Because Here, here's the truth. Margin without action really doesn't lead to anything. But margin plus action leads to generosity. How can you create margin in your life, and then how can you begin to live out that margin? If you missed last week's message, go. you can grab a CD on the way out. There's some CDs that you can grab and listen to it, or you can go online and listen to it online. I would encourage you, if you missed last week, go and listen to that. It's really our heart for a church being generous. I talked about how, as a church, we will not suck from our community. Like we, it's, our, it's our declaration that our church will not suck. We'll have a great church, a fun church. We won't suck. And what we mean by that is we're not going to take and draw and take all the resources from others. We're going to be a church that gives, that's generous, that's life-giving. That's one of the terms we use. Essentially, we're saying God is a life-giving God. We want to represent him. We want to give life in our words, in our actions, in our deeds. Create margin in your life, and then put in action, you become a generous person. How many of you guys want to be generous? How many of you guys want that to be a, a staple of your life that says, man, those people were generous? Start. It, it takes first a plan, and then it takes action of saying, I'm going to do this now. Man, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to, I'm going to use my time. And God has taught me how to see math and, and see words in English. I'm going to help somebody else learn this. We, use, we take what he's given us, and we say, God, thank you for blessing us with this. We're going to pass it on. See, one of um, I think there's the next slide. We did this, this picture of a heart, um, the one before that, through us. My wife designed this. Jesus, when he calls disciples, he made this, this, um, this statement. He says, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So he's saying, I want you to follow me, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn you people of action. Fishers of men. When I heard first heard that statement, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. We get a rod, and we throw it in the river, and we catch our, our trout. Right? That's kind of how we fish. Well, that's not how Jesus' day, they would fish. They would get big nets, and they would throw a big net into the, into the, the lake, and they'd pull up all kinds of fish. What would it look like as a church, as individuals, if you were part of the string in that net, and I was part of that string in the net, and, and somebody else was another part of that string? And on Monday, our interaction, we meet somebody at the store, and we, we bless them. And then that same day, somebody else comes through and blesses that same person. And over and over, we're doing this throughout the city, 
we create this huge net that says God is awesome, he's good, he's blessed us. I can see Jesus' picture now saying, hey, come, and I'll make you fishers of men. And we have a whole bunch of Christians who are following him in action saying, I will fish, I will be part of this. We create this huge net that says God is awesome, he's good, he has a plan for our life. And we begin to help people find him. And they become part of the net. And they become part of the process. And they say, man, we want to be generous. We want to love others. What would it look like this, this, this next year if we all created margin in our lives and begin to act it out and use it? Last one. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. So please don't hear this message as saying it's a plea for your money. I don't, I don't, I'm not asking for that. I'm saying would you ask God what he wants you to do? That's all I'm asking. What does he want you to do with your time, with your talents, with your resources? And then begin to follow him in it. That's the cool thing about God is he speaks to us and he leads us. And when we respond, it costs something, but we find blessings in it. We find that, that he, he, he joy in it. So this is, last week I challenged you to create margin. This week, this is my challenge. Work the plan you made to create margin in your life. Work the plan. Do something about it this week. Okay, some of you begin process of applying it. If you haven't created a plan for margin, you need, you need to figure that out. Listen to last week's message and then begin to create a margin in your life. And then put it in action. A good way is budgeting. Budgeting your finances, budgeting your time. This next year, when will you volunteer somewhere to give an hour of your week? The Grove? Be great. At a school? Where? And then budget it and say, I want to be generous with my time. With your family? Can you budget in maybe a in your time, a date with your, your son or your daughter or your wife? You want to create margin in your marriage? That'd be a great idea, right? Dates? Create some dates. It creates margin. It gives space. It doesn't, you're so busy. It makes you a generous person. You know, today, if you're here and we've been talking about this, maybe you just come like, I don't really know what this is about. You're talking about all this generosity. I really am not generous. And I, I want you to become generous because God is generous. One of the things that we, we want to do at the Grove is give opportunities for people to take that first step in saying, I want to be what God created me to be. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and this Jesus character, this person, it sounds like he's a pretty, pretty amazing guy, a teacher. He was. And he has life that he wants to give us and offers us. And the great thing about God is that he invites us to follow his lead, and he gives us a new start and a fresh start.